My next guest uh, was the founder and VP at a company called Via4, where I first met him. Uh, he has now uh, taken his talents to the sports and technology side. He is a former board member of Taekwondo Canada, a former Canadian athlete with the Taekwondo team, and currently the founder and CEO of 2020 Armor, Ali Gafur. Thank you for joining me. Kareem, it's really good to reconnect again. It's been a while, my friend. It has. It, it has. And, and hopefully uh, we won't make this where I only talk to you when you start something new. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's all good, man. It's, uh, it's, it's really exciting what, what's, uh, what we have going on. I'm happy and excited to share these stories with you. Awesome. Well, listen, when I first met you, when you, when you and um, your uh, partner at the time, Jesse, mm -hmm. uh, started Via Fora, yeah. um, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I remember, I don't know if it was you or him telling me about Taekwondo. Probably um, be me because that was yeah. my world. Yeah. 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 And, and so it was just like, okay, he did that in the past, you know, when he's a kid, like everyone else mm -hmm. might have done something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, but I, I didn't realize until I, you know, was, okay, let me sit down let me do some proper research. There's videos of you kicking people's asses. There's, uh, you know, you're, you've, you've traveled the world. But um, how old were you? 1993 is when you started, from what I understand, right? Yeah, yeah. 13 years old, which is pretty old. Yeah, I started at 13 and retired. My last competition on the, on the mat was at the Pan Am Games in Brazil when I was 27. Wow. 13 to 20. Now, at 13 years old, uh -huh. um, my son was actually 12, 13 when he started karate. Okay. So we started together. So oh, I started in my 40s. <laughs> Good for you, man. But um, yeah, you know, it's something I've always watched. I think I did Taekwondo in university for like a semester or two mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, at York University. It was just a great workout. It was fun. Yeah. Um, and then it was just like, okay, I'm not going to the gym and let's do something with my son. And mm -hmm. so karate was it a couple of Octobers ago. Yeah. But when you got started at age 13, um why did you get started did you go like did your parents take you or or is this something you wanted to do yeah you know i mean i'm a parent now as well i have three kids and you know wow. um and yes a lot of change since we last chatted <laughs> <laughs> uh, i i started uh, i was watching a van damme movie at my um at my neighbor's house and their kids were taking taekwondo okay. at a local gym and they saw you know parents can tell these things they saw that I was obviously interested in martial arts and said, why don't you come and just try a class? And then I never stopped. Three months later, I was in my first competition uh, in, in a, on a, in wow. a tournament. Yeah, and then just continued going and, and competing. Like, I, you know, I, I was very lucky. I, uh, I had a really good school that I started off with, which was competition-focused, which is what I was interested in. I mean, I didn't know that at that time. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that, that's how it all started. And, you know, you, know, you, you kind of mentioned something now that as a parent as well you know uh, that you've kind of already experienced is martial arts is very popular because as parents we typically think of three things for our children uh to put them in swimming so they don't drown yeah uh, some sort of art so that if they have any sort of latent creativity that they that they're good at expressing and and then martial arts so they can protect themselves uh and not only just protect themselves but like the whole protect themselves physically but from bullying 
Uh, and as we know in the West, there's a lot of um, uh, things that are not being taught in school, uh, like stuff like respect and, you know, bound, not bound to elders, but like, uh, respecting your elders and sure. uh, things that are just uh, in the fibers of martial arts. Um, discipline. So in yeah, discipline, exactly. So when you took your kid to karate school, your son, um, you know, he bowed to the instructor. He said, yes, sir, uh, no, sir. These things are, uh, you know, build great character uh, as you get older. And uh, and so that's why it's so popular. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's a great uh, market and industry, but um, not only from a business perspective, but just in terms of building better people that makes a better society at the end of the day. Yeah, and and I guess while you were in university, you also continued competing. You went to uh, Korea, Turkey. Tell me about that. Oh my God! Yeah, I went to over thirty countries. Um, Jeez. Yeah, it was really cool, man. I mean, it, I, I really got to understand the world. Um, and, uh, yeah, I went to three world championships, uh, university games, almost made it to the 2008 Olympic team uh, in China. I was in the top four to be selected. Uh, only two guys could go. I didn't make the last cut, cut for the last two. And this was 2007. And I said, well, I got this computer science degree. Let's let's put that thing to work because uh, I was interested in technology and still am interested in technology. Uh, and, yeah, and yeah. got to... Uh, you know, I, like I said, my first first time on the mat was when I was uh, just three months after I started and then just competed at the local level, provincial level, made my first national team. Ten years after um, I started, uh, which was just happened to be actually the, the year after I graduated university. So I went to U, U of T for computer science. And then when I finished that, I was still training, um, uh, you know, but at a slower pace because of school. But as soon yeah. as I stopped school or finished school, um, I, I got on a national team at the age of 23 and then continue that until um, 27. And how, you said you've traveled to like 30 countries. Mm -hmm. um, what did you learn about yourself and the sport during your travels? It, the, the, but any sport, it doesn't matter what sport it is, uh, you learn, and I give, I've given some talks about this, so much about uh, yourself and so much about um, being coached, uh, and, and I still have a coach today, actually, an executive coach, a business coach. Um, mm. So you learn, you learn the the importance of coaching, um, of looking at the world from a different perspective, being open to different ideas, um, being accountable to not just yourself but somebody else. Because uh, taekwondo is is an individual sport, right? You you're, yeah. you're competing against somebody else, not a team sport. <laughs> And so um, there's stuff like that you learn. Um, then there's a mental toughness um, because when you compete at the, at the level I was competing at, you, you, the assumption is everybody's physical conditioning is, you know, plus or minus 5%, 10% within the same, right? So that what really differentiates between people is your, is your mental toughness. And so reading books on that, um, really thinking inwardly on that process. Um, why are you thinking this way? Why are you not thinking this other way? Um, and you're just really forced to, to, to put that line of thinking in whereas again maybe if you're doing day-to-day -day stuff you don't really think about that the only time you actually start thinking about those larger existential kind of deeper things is usually when something dramatic happens in your life like a death hmm. uh you know or someone passing away or yeah. or a near-death experience for yourself you know uh, and then you start thinking why am i doing all these things <laughs> right sure sure with sport that kind of happens a little bit more frequently um because you you're you're forced to analyze these these higher level thoughts on a consistent basis because that's a, a big uh factor for your uh performance 
Yeah. Um, and then and then just pushing yourself physically. Um, when you push yourself so physically to a limit that you didn't think was possible, it really reframes the way you think other things are possible. Uh, and so I remember I have this one story that I love telling. Uh, we were in Korea in a training camp, and the coach was like, uh, and 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 you have to understand Korean high school training camps are like military style training camps. Like they yeah. are not easy at all so the training was uh, the morning training was we run up the mountain took one hour come down the mountain another half hour couldn't feel my legs right by the end wow. of the day. and then the coach like okay let's start practice and he brings up bust up the targets and he's like let's start kicking and like, i couldn't feel my legs and this guy wants me to start kicking and then i tried um and i and i could all of a sudden i was able to actually kick now it wasn't the fastest kick obviously but i was actually able to move my legs so i went from i didn't think i could walk to oh my god i could kick and then, and then something happened at that moment. It's like, what else do I think I can't do, but I can, right? Hmm. Uh, and it, it really, really uh, was a, a, a pivotal moment for me mentally, uh, not just in my sport career, but I apply it to my business career as well. And, um, and uh, that was another major lesson I learned. And then the last one was um, not caring about the opinion of people I don't respect. Uh, and the reason that would come up came about was um, I was a very awkward 13 year old uh, okay. and was not good at martial arts or taekwondo at all, actually. And yeah. I remember I was fighting once and this is the, the, the first and last tournament my parents ever watched me at. Uh, oh, no. And I got my butt kicked. Yeah. Um, and uh, my friend uh, at the time was in the stands. I overheard the parents saying I should play something like table tennis instead of instead of taekwondo. Um, and. You know, if I if I took that advice, right, if I cared about the opinion of that person that I didn't even know or respect, I would not be where I am today. And I guess I never developed that skill. I, I realize now I, I guess I innately always had that inside yeah. me. Where I, if I didn't respect you, I just didn't care what you thought. Uh, and that really was a big, I think, driver uh, for me, both on the sports side and on, on the business side. And, um, and that understanding sports so um yeah i learned learned quite a lot um throughout the years that is amazing um at 27 was it hard to leave no it felt right it felt right because um i was on an olympic stream and olympics happened every four years and I, when i knew I, I i wasn't able to make the, the olympic team in 2008 i didn't want to wait another four years uh 2012 to 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 have another shot and, um, you know, I was 27 and, you know, males uh, to kind of peak around their, their around that age of 27, 28 uh, and an injury. It is a combat sport, full contact and, you know, injuries do kick in. And I already had one knee surgery. And um, I just thought that and, te- and, and it, Taekwondo is an amateur sport. You don't get paid for it uh, in North America. Sure. So it's like uh, they, I, I, I felt like I've got a lot out of the sport, um, out of it. There's a lot more medals for sure I could have won, without a doubt. But um, I felt like there's more to explore on the business side that, um, you know, again, I just, re- not recently, but I guess maybe 2002 I graduated. So about four or five years ago, uh, I graduated from my university degree and really wanted to put that to use. Now, I was still working part-time uh, as contractor, um, yeah. you know, helping technology stuff. And, and, and I was working for another company as well, um, but wasn't able to really just kind of you know, dive deep and focus and put my all into 
uh, in, well, it's I happened to actually open my first start video for it's a couple of years after that. So mm-hmm. uh, it allowed me really to get into that mindset of um, focusing on one thing and doing it really well. Yeah, sure. Um, so you take what I'm going to call a hiatus mm-hmm. from from sport. But when you when you retired, um, and then you started VF4 a couple of years later, were you fully uh, removed from Taekwondo? Were you still, you know, practicing, going to the dojo, or anything like that? Oh, well, I, 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 it was pretty cold turkey. I, I didn't, I didn't train. Oh, wow. um, I, didn't, I didn't coach. Yeah, um, you have to understand, like the <clears throat> six day a week thing before, right? Um, wow. Where two three hours practicing, not including the travel. Um, so it was a, a big, big part of my life, and I felt like I got, I put in, I put in a lot, and I got a lot out of it. And I just felt like there was other uh, parts of my life that could de- deserve that attention. Um, but then after two years, something funny happened was I was like, man, I learned so much over these past couple of decades for the sport. And I remember there was a couple of juniors coming up and they're so eager to learn. And they're, they're such good kids, right? Um, they're so respectful. They're so ambitious. Uh, there's a good, good kids. And I felt like there's so much I could share with them from what I learned throughout my experience that mm-hmm. um, it'd be a waste to not do that. And then so my friend, he had a gym, and I just volunteered coach for them, uh, for him, uh, for a few years uh, until my kids came. Okay. Uh, I didn't have the time to do it anymore. But, uh, sure. but then, yeah, I started, um, I started doing that just, just for fun, um, not for any business reasons. And then it kind of really just got, got me back into the scene again, but from a different perspective. And really, I think that also kind of helped me start 2020 Armor again. When when did the idea come for for the company? 2015 Pan Am Games. I was at the Pan Am Games here in Toronto, watching it with my wife and okay. uh, a good friend of mine, uh, a former teammate of mine, Yvette Young, who's now our athlete ambassador. She was competing, and she was kicking this other girl's butt from Mexico in the semifinals. And the yeah. the crowd was like super super excited uh, for Yvette. Obviously, she's a local, and all her fans are there, and the place was just just lit. Um, cheering for her. and she's a very dynamic fighter. She's like uh, <laughs> she's a weird nickname in Mexico, like the it's called like fire ant or something, or just like dynamite ant because she's small, but she's like just this explosive little thing, and yeah. uh, and she's really interesting to watch. Uh, but she and then this other girl was taller, and she was not dynamic and just doing one technique, and then uh, but the other girl won. And my wife is like, how, did that, how, how does that make sense? And then I have to explain to her about how the whole scoring system, the new electronic scoring system works and why the better player doesn't really usually win and yada, yada, yada. And then one of the things my mentors had told me in the past was you know, whenever you encounter a problem, don't just complain about it, offer a solution. And so I really felt passionate about the sport and still do, obviously. And I wrote a blog post about that, about how to change the sport uh, from a softer perspective so it can be better. And and then that's how I met my co-founder and then started talking and yada, yada, yada. And here we are. <laughs> so, so it all so, started with one match. So, so someone who doesn't understand mm-hmm. the scoring system or the point system. Yeah. Uh, you, you talked about there was a change in, in the scoring system. T- tell me about what it was, what it is, and then what you're trying um, or what you are, I guess, currently solving with 2020. Yeah. Um, so... If you think about a martial art match, first of all, I can ask you that can probably have 99.9% confidence. You don't know how martial art scoring works. Uh, even, even, even if you took karate with your Correct. son, yeah. you yeah. probably don't even know how it works. I don't know, uh, neither does the rest of the industry. 
Um, so that's one, <laughs> right? Um, so that's okay. problem number one. But but you know how soccer works. You know how basketball works. You know how hockey works, right? You don't have to have anyone explaining it to you. Sure. Um, even if you never played those sports, you get it. Um, so the first problem is the scoring is hard to understand. Uh, and before the way the scoring was done was just manually. Uh, and you have to think about uh, um, if you've ever seen a martial arts, a taekwondo fight, it's very fast paced. You can do a human can do four kicks in one second like that. That's, it's, it's very fast. Right. Yes. Uh, and so you, you can't have a human accurately really score that. And so what it used to be in the past was you kind of it would be more of a binary system. You, the, the, um, the, the corner referees and there'd be three of them would say, yeah, I think that was a point. Right. Even if you kick four times, you'd only get one. Um, and then three of the of the four, or if you had if you had uh, four referees, if you had three, two of the three, a majority had to agree that a point was made, and then that's kind of how the point system worked. And it'd be very simple, just be one point to the body, one point to the head, and it's full contact, uh, and so you can get knocked out. Uh, you can punch the body, but you can't punch the head. So very simple rules. That's how the the way the scoring used to be. Um, and then uh, they introduced electronics, and they try to mimic the same thing that humans did. But it didn't really kind of turn out that way. Uh, well, first, they kind of put in more complex scoring. They're like, well, you know what? If you kick to the head, it's a little bit more effort. So let's add it, make it two points. Uh, but then it turned into three points. And then it turned into if you spun and hit to the head, it's four points. Um, and then the electronic systems, they favor just this one technique. So everyone started doing it. And then the only people that can do that one technique really well are really tall, lanky people. Uh, but tall, lengthy people aren't really athletic. And so now you get the sport that has these tall, lanky people that aren't athletic winning. Uh, and it's like, well, who the heck wants to watch that? Uh, and you can't really train for that. And so the sport has really kind of turned into this um, weird thing that there's this high performance level that uh, only a few people really practice. And then the rest of the, the industry, the 99% that aren't really competitive, can't really ever compete at that level because just of, of a body type they don't have. So it's just kind of really became this this weird thing on its own that no one can really relate to and no one even wants to watch. And so you've got this hard scoring that's, that's difficult to understand. And then this, this type of sparring that only limits um, to one body type to be successful. Uh, even if you are, no one wants to watch it because it's boring. And then, so where I came in is like, okay, there's a huge problem here. And how do we fix all of that? The first thing I said was let's make the scoring simple to understand. Um, mm -hmm. Everybody and their, child in our case has played street fighter tekken or mortal kombat and if you haven't you've seen it um the game came out in 1987 street fighter so it's over three decades old um and if i showed you a health bar and the health bar going down as you're getting hit you would know all of a sudden how the scoring works it's pretty simple right uh sure. as you lose all your health you lose and once you lose all your health you um you've lost a round over, and yeah. so that's what we yeah, and that's what we built. So it's if you get hit a little bit, a little bit comes off. If you get hard, a lot comes off. And that's a very simple, intuitive ah. um, concept to understand. So uh, you both both players start off with 100% health. Uh, and as you get hit, your health goes down. Um, the harder you hit, more health you lose. And that's it. And whoever wins two out of three rounds, so you start the next round, um, both players have 100% health again. Uh, and then whoever wins two out of three rounds wins the match. Uh, and that's a very simple concept, and it solves a lot of problems. Um, it makes it accessible. So you had that aha moment right there, right? Um, yeah. And a lot of people have that because now you've got a, uh, a window into a world where you never had a window into before. It was kind of like this mystery. You didn't really know what was going on. But all of a sudden, you can understand it. It's in a language that uh, makes sense. And it's relatable to not only to a younger generation, but also to our generation, you know, in our 40s. 
Um, and um, so it's it's a big market that it, uh, that it, it applies to. And, um, and and now it makes the sport uh, more exciting, uh, more easy to understand, uh, and also more exciting to play. And it doesn't favor just this weird um, select group of people, but anybody type can can win now. And um, and yeah, and that's what we created. So as as you built this, um, and you're and you're talking to people in the sport, I also realized that at the same time you you. Uh, we're on the board of Taekwondo Canada, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's right. um, did you, were you getting, like, what was the feedback like? I'm sure there were people like, ah, oh, that makes sense. But I'm sure there was also people going, wait, now you want to change the whole sport almost. That's exactly so, it. Uh, yeah. So I'm curious, exactly. tell me about that. that. Those are the exact two reactions, everybody. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, and what I said to them is, look, I'm not going to start, by trying to convince the World Taekwondo Federation to change the scoring today and and go that way. I'll talk to them, and I did talk to them, and I let them know what we're doing and say, hey, this is up and coming. But the way to do it is actually from the grassroots level, from the club level, and make it so that your child, who is taking karate, um, he doesn't care what they're using at the Olympics or how they score there. He just wants to have fun. He wants to learn martial arts. You want him to have fun. Uh, yeah. And you want him to continue training and if you can get them off the couch and not play a video game, but play a video game in real life, you will pay for that. Uh, and you, uh, that is something of value to you and the club owner. So the first thing we said was to make this thing something as a tool for the club owner to get kids to practice more and to practice better. Um, because they will, they will purchase anything that will do that. Um, they don't care what's used at the, at the high level. They care what makes um, uh, them more money as a business, but also produces better uh, students and so we and and that's 90 and if you look at a school uh 99% of them are not in a competitive stream uh if they even offer a competitive stream sure, um sure. most of them are just recreational right and so we uh, created a product for that market first uh and you have to understand there's 240 million practitioners of martial arts like striking martial arts like taekwondo karate uh kickboxing muay thai that's about the same number of people that play soccer. So it's a huge, it's a huge, huge market. Uh, and so that's, that's what we did. And so for those guys, uh, you know, your, your first reaction was like, oh, that's really cool. That's, that's all that's really important for them. Uh, I mean, obviously, the technology has to work and be stable and, uh, and actually get the kids to do good things, uh, which it does. Um, that's what it was. It's something that they uh, felt that was really interesting and and really made them money and um, and got the kids to, to practice longer and also get kids who were not interested in martial arts interested in it because now you can talk about it at the, in the framework of video games. It's like literally, hey, come play a video game in real life. And you as a parent now have ammo to take this kid and say, hey, uh, Johnny, instead of playing Street Fighter on the couch, come play in real life. Um, while we're doing that, the idea is that at the higher level, we'll also address it from two different angles. One, try to convince the World Taekwondo Federation to change. If that happens, that's a bonus. Yeah. That doesn't happen. We're creating our own pro league anyways, uh, which, well, is okay. huge, which is a huge endeavor, right? Um, yeah. So the idea is um, if we can create a league that a fan will get excited by, can take their six-year-old, and whose grandmother understand how the scoring works, I think you'll have a sport that will do really, really well. 
because uh, no, because this doesn't exist in martial arts. You have UFC and boxing. Uh, you probably wouldn't take your son to a UFC match. Probably, um, he's too young. Uh, and again, no one knows how the scoring works. And they don't really exemplify those qualities of martial arts, like uh, respect, balance, sure. all that kind of stuff. It's more about show, right? It's about swearing. It's about throwing a chair in the stands and stuff like that, yeah. right? Um, so there's this huge opportunity to show what martial arts is actually really about, like the whole respect, discipline, and all that kind of stuff. But also in the format that anyone can understand it in, uh, which is the whole our technology, the 2020 hour technology. And um, that's a much larger opportunity, actually, than... Um, than uh, changing the Taekwondo sport, which I think will eventually happen. Um, they'll eventually come too. Um, but I think the large opportunity is this, is this pro league that we're working on. So what, what does this, this technology look like, you know, from a consumer standpoint? Because I can imagine, okay, I think I've seen some videos where there's like a, a almost like a, in baseball, a umpire yeah. chest protector sort of yeah, thing, yeah. right? Yeah, you but at it. the same time, you know, you can kick, kick the legs, you can kick the body, kick arms, uh, all that sort of thing. What does it look like today? Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, the umpire vest is a good analogy. If you if you've ever cooked on uh, an apron that you wear, um, yep. obviously this apron has a little more padding. Uh, it's got a sensor in it and it's got a lights on. It's got lights on in the show score, essentially. Um, now in Taekwondo, you already wear a vest anyways um, to protect yourself from kicks and punches. So it covers your body. And and, and I, I start with Taekwondo for a couple of reasons. One, it's the largest martial art. It's actually 80 million people that practice it. Uh, and they already wear protective um, gear. Karate, sometimes they wear it, sometimes they don't. Um, so that, But that's the next market that we'll address. Uh, boxing, they do not, but it'd be something they'd use for training, uh, for example. So anyways, this is vest that you wear, and also we have a headgear as well. And uh, this vest, again, has a sensor in it that measures impact and the intensity of the impact. And embedded in the vest itself is a scoreboard. So you have two health bars and a timer. And um, the, the health bars, again, measure uh, the impact. And, and as I described before, you know, as you get hit, the, um, the health bars go down. Uh, and then there's four buttons on, on, the, on the vest that uh, um, do very simple functions, like select the game mode, the sensitivity of the vest, the time of the round, and start. That's, that's how it works. That's crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when did you know, Ali, that this wasn't just a, a side project, that this was going to be like a full-time endeavor? I knew pretty quickly um, because... I am. I know the sport so well. Uh, I've been in it for three decades, as in, from a from a white belt to a high performance athlete to a board member, um, the full spectrum to a coach, um, to the business of how to run a club. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much more I can know about the sport, right? Okay, um, yeah. <laughs> so, so because of that, I know all the the opportunities within within it as well, um, and. I have a technology background um, and I've built businesses before. So like all the stars are aligned, right? Uh, mm. Experience in the space, technology background, business background, and I have the passion for it. And you, you put those four things together and and it just, it, it, it was a very easy decision for me to make because when you look at that, like it's very rare to have something like that line up so perfectly. Um, and I realized that when uh, when when that happened, that I said, yeah, this just this just makes sense. Sure, T tell, I'm really fascinated about this whole league thing. Mm -hmm. uh, where where are we with that? It's still in the early stages. Um, 
my investors are very cool. Um, so I have investment from um, the family members of Adi Dassler, the guy who made my shoes and probably a shirt or something that you're wearing. Uh, Adi yeah, Dassler yeah. is is Adidas, and so his grandchildren um, created a, a sports fund to fund sports type companies to essentially um, extend the legacy of of their grandfather. Um, and so these guys um, got a whole bunch of other investors involved uh, and created this, this really cool fund that is hyper-focused on sports. And um, so we have them on board. And having these guys on board, man, can they move things fast. Um, wow. So they can, they can do things. Um, they have uh, uh, people that can help us with, with our vision, you know, this, this very large vision of, of this pro sport that I have. Um, so we have... so. Mm -hmm. I have them to, to help me on on the finance side, but also on the execution side. Uh, yep. And for for a pro league to be successful, you need you need three things. Um, I mean, you need you need the capital to get it done, obviously. Sure. But you need the best you need the best athletes in the world. I have access to them. I know who they are. Um, half of them are personal friends. Uh, I know the coaches. Um, so you need that to have a really great league. Uh, you need to, you need the league to be exciting. The the the, the product itself, the, the final result, has to be something fun. Man, if I tell you, if I showed you two people playing Street Fighter in real life, you would get excited. I guarantee you. Um, I've done a weird, uh, a funny test. I've shown people this concept at a bar. I don't tell them it's my company. Uh, I show them two people on a video um, playing uh, on the vest and overlaid on top of the screen is an actual health bar system. And I say, would you watch that? And they're like, and they, their eyes light up and they're like, yeah, for sure. Because it's, again, they get this insight to the world they've never seen. Mm -hmm. Um... And then the, the second thing that you need is you need you need um, you need to have a large fan base and and then relationships with the with media companies and media rights. Uh, for sure, there's a large fan base. Just just practitioners alone, there's 240 million practitioners in martial arts. For MMA fans, uh, the UFC says there's 300 million MMA fans, right? So these are massive, massive markets. Um, and then with our, with our investors um, who have the really strong relationships. Um, we have access to to the folks in the media world as well. So if you have those three things, which we do, uh, we can create something that um, is extremely successful. Um, and then the 2020 Armor technology is the foundation of that. It provides all that insight and all the data um, and makes it all happen. So um, we're at the early stages with the idea of um, maybe next year, end of next year, having our first event. That's amazing. That is, that's, did you ever think you're 13 years old, you're watching... Uh... A martial arts movie. You're gonna. You're going to your first Taekwondo class. No, I did not. <laughs> not at thirteen. Not at thirteen. Not uh, you know what? But at 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 um, at thirty five, I did. At thirty five, or around my mid thirties, I realized that when I really do set my mind on something and I believe I can do it, I I, I have a. It doesn't become as a, as a surprise for me. Uh, but definitely not that awkward of 13-year-old <laughs> watching that Van Damme movie that would be creating uh, uh, pro sport that would inspire. You know, that movie inspired me to take it up, right? Yeah. How many more kids are we going to inspire um, from this league to, to take martial arts now, right? That's uh, so true. Tell yeah. me about the, um, the the reception you're getting from like clubs and everything. I'm sure there's there's many clubs and there's many people that are you know, already using this. Tell me about the feedback you're getting from that. Man, it's it's again everything I'd hope for. Um, they love it. Um, it's it's a it's something that doesn't exist. So it's it's a new paradigm. 
club owners are, are not technology people. The most the, the type of equipment that they buy are shin guards, yeah. kicking pads. Um, you know like what you saw at your at your son's karate studio, right? Punching bags. So they're yeah. not used to technology in the gym. Uh, none of them are. And so we had to uh, let them know that this is something that your children cannot. My four-year-old can operate the vest. Uh, and if my four-year-old can, you're, you can, and so can your kids. Uh, and then we had to show them the value of it. Uh, we had to show them how it can actually get kids to train better. Uh, it can actually get kids that you were never able to get before. Uh, it can actually create new revenue streams for you. Um, you can have in-house tournaments and events and charge for them. Uh, and once we were able to tell folks this and they started doing it and we started getting the success stories out of it, it just starts selling itself after after a bit, right? Uh, the, the, you know, the hardest one is to get that first dollar, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Once you can do that and prove the success stories and the product is in the market and showing that it's very robust and it doesn't break and does what we said it can do, um, then it just starts selling itself. Ali, man, this is an awesome, awesome story. Um, what's, what's next? Like what's, what does, what does the, the 2020s look like to you? Yeah. Well, it's our year, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's our year. And, um, you know, we just launched an app that I'll send you a link afterwards. Obviously you can't really see it in the podcast. Um, but where we've, uh, taken this concept, we, we call it in-game reality. Uh, you point your phone at the vest and we put you inside a video game. So it's like the grassroots version of our pro league. Uh, okay. And so if you're, if you're sparring uh, with a partner, we, we put you uh, inside this video stream with your score overlaid. So it looks like you're playing a video game or you're inside the video game. So that's mm -hmm. really cool. Uh, so I'll send you a link to that. Uh, that was launched about a month ago. We're coming up with the headgear this year. Uh, and again, laying the foundation for this, for this pro sport that um, I think will be, will be massive. Um, so that was the big three priorities for for this year wow i, I this is i have been to esports tournaments mm -hmm. um you know uh you know for work you know in advertising and marketing and i just come away blown away with how excited um the audience is it's nuts right yeah to, to literally watch you know people play video games but watching the screen and but again, how simple it is to follow, even if you don't know the game. Right. And then, you know, just listening to you explain mm -hmm. how this works and then the gaming aspect of it. And it's like, this makes total sense. You know, if, 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 you're, if you're an MMA fan, if you're a sports fan, if you, if you like esports, it's like this product uh, and then the upcoming league, it's like, of course it'll work. Of right. course people will watch this, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's, that's exactly the response that I had in my mind. And, and when we talk about it, it's like any one of those intersections will work. Right. And then don't forget about just people interested in general sports. Right. So you have these four major intersections of, of people that will watch. And even if one of them, even if two of them don't intersect, uh, it's still huge. And I don't think that would be the case. But yeah, it just speaks to a lot of different um, demographics, which is really exciting. Yeah. So the big question is, are your kids using this? Or are they still too young? <laughs> <laughs> they are very young. Uh, they, yeah. they, they are starting to take Taekwondo. But yeah, my daughter uh, uh, kicks me with it on. Uh, she turns it on herself. 
Um, she plays the game. Uh, there's actually 10 game modes on it. Um, the flagship one is the one where you've got the health bar scoring and it measures it with two partners. But you can actually play as one player game. You put it on a bag and you can kick it and you can show you how hard you hit, for example. So I put it on and um, I let her hit me and she gets excited when she lights up more lights. So, and, you know, that's the, that's the whole point of it is to kind of make it fun and exciting. Um, and yeah, I'm really, it was really, that was also a nice special moment to see her interact with it. Uh, and see her get excited about her development. If people wanted to uh, to catch up with you to find out more about uh, 2020 Armor, where is the best place they can do? Yeah, um, we're pretty active on, on our website and social media. So 2020armor.com, so 2020armor.com. And then our Facebook, we're very active as well. So facebook.com slash 2020armor. Uh, and you can see a lot of like just how pe- what people post, um, some of our success stories, uh, the team, and uh, and that in-game reality video as well that I was just mentioning to you about right now as well. Yeah, do send me the link to that. I'll share it in the notes. Yeah, it was great. For sure. I'll leave it for man. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It was great catching up again.